Welcome to worship at Salem Alliance Church. Let's join John Stumbo as he begins. Yes, we will keep in touch. One of the easiest ways will be through the blog. I'll keep blogging along. Rob Child's got me going on that. I don't even read blogs, and here he got me writing this crazy thing that's being read all over the nation and the world now by little clusters of people here and there, and so it's been a fun journey. Thank you, uh, congregation, for being a loving congregation. Thank you for loving my kids or our kids. We moved to Salem with a middle schooler and two high schoolers and immediately found out that this was a healthy place to have high school kids. This this youth group and, and this town and this church body, you... I'm looking at people right now that loved our kids. And when you love my kid, you love me because I had no bigger love language than I got than that. So thank you for for that. This is a great place to send them off to college and beyond. Thanks for all of you who were early adopters for the Broadway project, uh, who caught the vision early. It's okay that for a majority of people it took a while because it was a weird concept, but... Some of you jumped on quick, and and, uh, that sure helped. Thanks for being a congregation that trusts its leaders. Um, That's a dangerous thing if overdone, but done properly, it really blesses the leaders. And I just testify that I'm a better leader today because of my years at Salem Lions Church, so I thank you for that. I also thank you for blessing cultures uh, beyond white male cultures. And uh, I love this lady and all that the deaf community represents. And I love embarrassing her from time to time and making her translate things about herself she doesn't want to translate. And just have her be in agony over that moment. But uh, it's fun. So I love you. I love you. We've had a good relationship since the very beginning here. And thank you for standing with me during those, uh, I don't know what word to put on them, but starting in October of 2008 when our life took a drastic and sudden turn. Thanks for um, being a congregation that really stood with us. At a moment's notice, an email goes out, and two years ago this week, a thousand people show up in this room and have a spontaneous prayer meeting for me that I'll make it through the night, and and, uh, I did, and it's your fault, and I thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being a congregation that loved us when we were very, very, very low and sent us literally hundreds of cards, and if I add emails, now we're into the thousands of ways you communicated with us, so thank you. I could go on on that thank you list, but I do get to preach one more time. And over the course of this weekend, I'm trying to share with the Salem Alliance family that faith is required for this journey. It's actually the first message I ever preached when I came to this church, and I wasn't even a candidate yet. I was just a guest speaker from Colorado, and I was invited to sneak in there one day and preach. 
Little did I know that those words, that faith is required for the Christian journey, not just a simplistic kind of faith, but I called it an SUV faith, an off-road faith, a four-wheel drive faith, and that has to carry us through some rough terrain and, and, and dark valley sometimes. It was a good sermon, but I didn't have a clue what I was talking about <laughs> to the degree that God would take that message in my own life in the years to come. So I'm... I'm back on my last Sunday preaching the same message. It's a message where I'm challenging us to keep walking the journey with Christ, even if He doesn't show up in the story as we'd expect Him, even if He's an invisible character and you, you, His name's not even mentioned in the story. Or He, Luke 24, walks alongside of us and yet we don't know that it's him. He's got a hood on, or he's disguised, or we're just downright blind, and we don't know that the guy traveling with us is God himself. We just didn't see it. Because in our brokenness and our pain, sometimes we, we can't find God. But as my wife kept encouraging me, Joseph was in prison, and while he was in prison, Jeremiah, or excuse me, Genesis 39:20 says, "While he was in prison, God was with him, showed his kindness to him, and granted him favor." Mm, you mean you mean? God can be with us and we're still stuck in prison? I thought if God was with us, he'd get us out of prison. I thought if God showed up, then we'd be delivered. I thought if God showed up, everything would be easy. Well, what do you know? Right there in the Bible itself, it says, while he was in prison, God came alongside of him. And yes, could have rescued him, did rescue him eventually, but there was a work to be done in Joseph's heart that could only be done behind bars. He wasn't ready for what was to come until he had slept with the rats for a while. So, we have this God. Isaiah said, Surely you're a God who hides himself. I have no idea what was going on in Isaiah's life that day, but I sure like the verse. Because... God, for some reason, has decided he's not going to overwhelm us. He's not going to overpower us with the miraculous. He could. He could do that. But as a Russian novelist uh, says, you would not enslave man by a miracle. This character is complaining to the God figure. You would not enslave man by a miracle. And craved faith given freely, not based on a miracle. God could overwhelm us with the miraculous. He could wipe away all difficulty. He could eradicate cancer. He could do all these things. But for whatever reason, he he's said that faith is essential in this journey. And if you're going to come to me, you're going to have to have faith. All this flies in the face of a lot of American Christianity these days that 
that says, if God's in it, everything's going to be easy. If God's in it, your house is going to sell right away. If God's in it, the doctor's reports are always going to be good. If God's in it, everything turns out. You know, if God's in it, then we're just singing kumbaya until Jesus comes back, you know. Meanwhile, you run into verses like 1 Peter 4. It says, don't be surprised when, when painful trials come your way, as though something strange were happening to you. Hey, hey, guys, 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 you, you seem shocked. You seem stunned that you're in a trial right now. Hello, you're on planet Earth still. You're not in heaven yet, Peter seems to be saying. Don't be surprised by this painful trial you're going through right now as something strange were going on. This isn't strange. This is called life. You got trials, yes. <laughs> He's not being harsh or mean or unmerciful. He's blessing them with an awareness that God isn't so small that he can only work in happy days and good times and in the light. That our God is so big that he can work in the worst dungeons, the hardest circumstances, the darkest night, the ugliest experience. God can still work. He's big enough for that. Any God of anybody's creation, of any idolatry can work when everything's going nice. <laughs> but it takes the God of the scriptures and the God of eternity and the, the God we call the Trinity to, to be alive and active and good when you don't like the report you just got. A friend of mine said to me recently, grieving done well enlarges the soul. Fantastic statement. First of all, we don't think of grieving as something that we do well or poorly. We don't think of it in, in those kind of terms. But that's very accurate. Some of us stink at grieving. We just try to get past it, past it as fast as we can, like we're a speed sport, like it was a 100-yard dash. And, mm, let's get through this baby as fast as we can. Okay, I'm done. I'm better now. Liar. <laughs> you're not, and everybody around you knows it, but you hate it so bad you just pretend that you're done with it. No, no. Grieving done well enlarges the soul, makes you a better person. It's like suffering and pain and grief. Dig a deeper cavity or, 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 or well, a capacity. That's the word I'm looking for. Grief, suffering, hardship, pain are like a huge scoop that comes down and, and digs a deeper capacity for us to experience other things like mercy and compassion. And joy. Our capacity for joy enlarges as our ability to grieve deepens. <laughs> I don't wish upon you anything that I've gone through the last couple of years. But I will say with Peter, don't be surprised when you face something. It's not going to be my story. Don't worry about that. You're going to not have, you don't have to live my story, but praise God, I don't have to live your story. <laughs> um, 
Don't be surprised when the suffering comes as though something strange were happening to you, as if God had abandoned you. God, where are you? All this is going on. He might be closer than ever. Just, you need eyes to see him in those places. I won't pretend that I had eyes to see him every day of 2009 as I was struggling physically, emotionally, in every way that you can you can think of. I It was a battle from the time I got out of bed to the time I went back to bed, not too many hours later. And then through the night, there were battles and battles and battles. But I will testify that he is the God who walks alongside us in the hardest of days. Takes a skill, takes a faith to see him. But he's there. He's good. He will not abandon you. You will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There's some work that can only be done. Some deepening, some broadening, some growth that only takes place in in the hard days. So here we are. Now I'm two years into this story. It has gotten a lot better than the last months. Thank you for your ongoing prayers. And do you know what this week is? This is Feeding Tube Freedom Week. I am tubeless in Salem. Woo! <laughs> Praise God, yes. <laughs> I, I, I never rubbed my tummy so happily in all my life. I mean, this just feels good to not have a parasite hanging from my flesh any longer. I'm not attached to a pick line or an IV or a wheelchair or a cane or a walker or any of those contraptions. And the feeding tube was the last to go, but she's gone and she's gone for good. So. Got that little mushroom out of my gut. That's what it looks like when it comes out. It looks like a nasty mushroom. I said to the one nurse, that was living inside of me? She said, oh, yeah, your stomach can handle anything. It's amazing inside of there. It's like, oh, I don't want to know that. <laughs> See, one of the lies that will come to you in your pain is that your present situation is your permanent situation. That you're stuck, you're damned, you're doomed. This It's never going to get any better. This is just the way it is. That depression you face, that situation you're in, this is just it. See, you might as well give up. That's a lie. God will either change the situation or he'll change you in the situation, but you are not stuck. This is not permanent. The, you need not be defined by the diagnosis. Do not let the diagnosis define you. The prognosis is not prophetic. You understand me? Just because it was said is not 
by some medical expert or some counselor or somebody that's supposed to have a title behind them. Just because they said it, it's not a prophetic word that declares what will be for the future. It's their best description. It's their best understanding where things are now. But do not be confined by that. You have a greater physician. You have a higher counselor. You have more hope. Just found out last week. All these conversations were going on behind my back in 2009, and I'm just learning what some of them are. And my home health care nurse, we invited her back to our house because she was such a gift to us. She had walked with me through six months of agony with the, with the wound vacuum that I had attached to my body and all the dressing changes were required for that and all these things that she walked with us. So we brought her back and just thanked her. And she said that the physical therapist that had worked with me for during those months, uh, we're talking months, dozens of physical therapy appointments. And, and uh, the physical therapist said to my home health care nurse in 2009, and Stumbo thinks he's going to drive again. What are we going to do with this guy? He thinks he's going to drive again. And there is absolutely no way he's ever going to drive. And she went through a long list of physical reasons why that just wasn't going to be possible. Well, I drove about 17,000 miles <laughs> in 2010. Um, the diagnosis is not to define us. It's, it's, it is what it is today. I'll accept that it is what it is today. But faith keeps believing, keeps trusting that as long as there is God, there is still hope for change. So that's the word that I want to give you this morning. It's not strange that you're going to, you are or are going to have some trials of some kind, economically or whatever. It's not strange, but your God's still bigger than that. Keep hanging on. Yeah, you won't do it perfectly. I certainly didn't, but hang on to faith. And if you run low in your own faith, do what I did. Hang on to somebody else's. I hung on to my wife's in my darkest days. Let me just you know, that's legal. That's a legal thing to do. It's okay. It's legal to hang on to somebody's faith when you're lacking your own. Let's pray. So encourage the weary. Strengthen the weak. Come alongside the discouraged. Bind up the brokenhearted. Give sight to the blind. As we walk this journey, and it's so confusing, I do believe you walk with us. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Help us look for signs of your goodness. You are our everything, as we're about to sing. Give us the joy of experiencing that. As you enlarge our capacity, may we fill it with you. We love you, Jesus. Amen.
You have been listening to John Stumbo. If you've enjoyed this message, we'd love for you to be our guest at our worship service on our main campus at 5th and Market Streets in Northeast Salem. Worship services are Saturday at 5 and 6.30 p.m. and again on Sunday at 8, 9.30 and 11 a.m. If you'd like to receive a free Bible and more information on how to become a Christ follower, feel free to call our office at 503-581-2129. We'd love to know how we can serve you. And once again, that's Salem Alliance Church at 5th and Market Streets in Northeast Salem.